This is episode number 76 with Carolyn Moore. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your host, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Once again, I'm your co-host here, Dave Brown, along with my partner, Barbara Allen. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening in on today's show. Uh, If you're a new listener, uh, it's our goal each week to bring you inspiring stories and interviews from exceptional Americans all across this country, military heroes, influential entrepreneurs, everyday Americans who are just doing amazing things, giving back to their communities. Uh, It doesn't matter whether they are small town heroes or celebrities. Each guest that we have here is a shining example of the American spirit. And today's guest, Carolyn Moore, is the founder of the Modern Widows Club. We did a Facebook Live interview with Carolyn Moore about a week ago. This is um, that audio from that interview. And she was faced with the unthinkable when a Valentine's date with her husband ended with a tragic accident that left her a widow. She was left alone to raise her two little girls in the wake of this horrific tragedy. And Carolyn navigated her grief and the complex challenges of transitioning from wife to widow as best she could. And it was then that she realized the lack of resources and support for the hundreds of thousands of widows in this country. She actually ended up being interviewed by Oprah Winfrey as part of a show on recovering from tragedy, and it was then that Carolyn was inundated with widows asking her for help, and she accepted that challenge. Today, she is, again, the founder of Modern Widows Club, and she's a beacon of hope for widows across the world. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Carolyn Moore. Hi, we are live here tonight on American Snippets right here on Facebook. Uh, We are just going to hang out and chat for a few minutes as we give people a chance to join. But starting off now, those of you early joiners, we will tell you, uh, you, anybody, if you're following American Snippets, you're following our story, you'll have my backstory. But for anybody hopping on who may not have it, um, Marilyn is somebody that I've long admired kind of from afar. And I don't want to talk about like, sound like a stalker, right? But as somebody, as I see her, she's gone through, like, I do, I watch from the shadows. She's founder of Modern Winners Club. And, uh, and I've so admired her work for a long time. And I am so excited to do our first talk, like kind of bridging the gap between military and civilian widowhood. Um, Carolyn, is there anything you want to say to your community who may be popping on here soon? Oh, I was just looking. I was looking on the Facebook page. It's so weird because I can't see myself actually talking. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, we're we sent it out to all of our ladies in Modern Widows Club, and we are just really happy that um, you invited us to come on this because you're right. There's not a lot of conversations about people who are talking about the difference between what happens with military and civilian widows. And to be quite honest with you, when I became widow, I didn't even think about it because. I, my husband wasn't in the military, so I didn't even know there was any other thing or services out there because they just were never presented to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I, I am looking forward to dig into that a little bit. I think it's going to be a super interesting sure. conversation. All right. I'm going to go ahead and share this on my page first. Oh, I need you to do that. 
So everybody, Dave Brown here is live with me behind the scenes, as always, telling me how to run it, what to do, how to do it better. And he's hooking me up live on my page here as we get going. Before we get going, hi, Monsoon. Hoorah, indeed. <laughs> hi, Jan. Um, before we get going, anybody who has hopped on, if you have a question that you would like us to address with Carolyn, hi, Bonnie. Uh, feel free to go ahead and pop it up here and I'll jot it down and I'll make sure we get to it. Seeing as you were uh, early, early arrivals, we like to hang out with those. I'm chronically early too. Yep. Go ahead and share it on your pages and we'll roll with it. Carolyn is at her home. We are here at our home studio and we'll get going into the topic here in about another minute. Give people a few more minutes to hop on. What you doing out there, Monsoon? Wendy Kerr just popped on. Hi. Hey, Wendy. Wendy's our, one of our Orange County leaders. Yay. And uh, yeah, I want to talk about all that too. Your chapters across the country. This is going to be so much fun. There's so much digging. Who knew that I'd ever be so invested in the world of widows, but yeah, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll go ahead and get going. Let people pop on along the way. And if people have questions, feel free to jump in and jot them down and I will and shoot them out to Carolyn and we'll make sure to, to answer them as we go. So quickly, I obviously am a widow myself, uh, as is Carolyn. That is what we have in common, but where we diverge are the, the circumstances of death and the resources that were available to both of us afterwards. And I am going to go ahead and actually say it that one of the things that has impressed me so much about Carolyn is that here I was as a military widow with all of these resources and support groups. And it took me such a tremendous amount of time to get clarity in my own life, to get to that spot where I was at a good, healthy place and able to rebuild in a healthy fashion, even though I had all of these resources and support on my side. Carolyn, well, I'm sure things aren't perfect and rosy all the time, right? Not only did she not have those resources that I had, she just went out and created them on her own. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Carolyn is the founder of Modern Widows Club. She is in Orlando, but her reach is across the country and overseas, I believe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Carolyn, we are super psyched to have you here today. I was very excited when I got the response back that, yes, you would join us because, like I said, you just have so much, so much to offer and such a big community of people out there. Tell us first uh, for people just hopping on or people from our community who may not know what modern widows club is because just the word widow right, has such a weird connotation and, uh, and it brings up such other images, I think, which we'll also get to. So tell us quickly about modern widows club and what, what it is and its mission. Sure. So modern widows club, first of all, the words kind of give it away, right? Yeah. So modern means right now, like what we're going through, obviously we're all widows and we're together. We're a club. And, you know, when we first when we first started, it was really just such a small concept. But then ladies actually started flying to Orlando to meet me and ask me, will you teach me how to do what you do? Because I want to serve the widows in our city. So in the beginning, it was just sort of a very innocent. We're going to be mentoring and supporting each other. Then it kind of turned into this other platform. And that's really what is more of a um we serve, our mission statement is we, we serve women, first of all. We yeah. see them as women, not widows, but obviously we are all widows. Right. Um, in widowhood, to lean into life, to build resilience, and to make a positive difference in the world. 
So we what we believe is that there there's there's a proper time to be able to grieve and do that respectively. But then like what's next? What comes? What's right. the rest of the bridge between who she was, which we kind of know that person dies, and then who we're becoming. And so what I found is that after what's the rest of the support? Where's the life support? Because the secondary losses were so enormous. And I didn't really know that. And I didn't start Modern Widows Club until year 11 of widowhood. So I just felt this need to mentor another widow. And I thought, why does it take so long for a widow to find a mentor, whether they're yeah. a military widow or a civilian widow? Why yeah. is it so hard? But, you know, this was sort of right when social media was launching, too. And so, you know, 2009, I think, is when I first got on Facebook. And so Modern Widows Club started in 2011. But I saw the ability to be able to reach people now. Yeah. Because in became widowed, there was no social media. I mean, you had to look in a phone book or you had to go on the internet and you had to go out and drive in your car to find someone face to face. I know, crazy, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it is a lot easier now. And um, I I call this phone and this laptop my God boxes because they literally connect me with the people that are supposed to be in my life, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. So Obviously, we have to kind of give a little perspective and background as to you know what led you into all this. So we won't go too deep in and take you down too painful a path. But you know, you're a, you're the founder of Modern Widows Club for a reason, right? It yes. was what was it? It was in 2000 that you lost your husband. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah we were we were out for Valentine's. We were 37 years old. Um, I'm an interior designer, and he was an architect, and we had daughters that were two and four. Um, and we were just out for Valentine's Day and on a perfectly romantic dinner, madly in love, and a hit and run driver crashed into our vehicle and wow. he, he died in the car accident from severe head trauma and I survived. Um, and, you know, f- you know, for, as you know, you ask these questions, you know, for why me for so long until yes. you get to the point of what now, you know, yes, that's, that's what you spend the rest at what now and um, what's the meaning and purpose behind this? We spend the majority of our time in those kinds of conversations because we do, but I do believe, and I know from some studying resilient science that giving back and that social support is actually part of the healing process. Yes. And, and that's kind of how I got here because I started volunteering at the grief center, new hope for kids here in Orlando, simply as a gesture to, give something back in which they had given me. Awesome. And that's kind of how it all started because I, I really had no intention on starting a nonprofit. I just wanted to serve the uh, grief nonprofit that had helped me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So how old were your kids? You have two kids? I have two daughters and they were two and four years old. Yeah. So yeah. that's tough. And I don't know, I mean, how many people are going to hop on here that have been through this experience, but uh, for those of you who, who have not, I can tell you it is, you know, I've been through all sorts of physical pain, right? But one thing people also don't realize, I never realized, is that grief is a physical pain. That yeah. kind of grief, it literally, like, I just remember every inch of me was actually in pain <laughs> with the grief physically as well. And it, it was debilitating and it's it shocking and overwhelming and it just, takes the world right out from underneath you. It's just a catastrophic injury to 
to yourself, to your life, to your world and everything you thought that was. But, and, your conf- and your confidence, you were probably and, like me, yeah. you know, we're just women going along who are very capable and, and smart and, and lovable. And, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, you're questioning like every bit of confidence that you've ever built and you don't understand why you don't feel um, at all like the person you were before. Yeah. For, for me, uh, I had all of the confidence I had came from my husband. I was a very insecure person and he made me feel secure, you know? So that was another side effect that when he was gone, my confidence and, you know, self-confidence went with him. And that was another, another side effect. But fortunately for me, and we had a conversation before we went live about the relativeness of, of the word lucky and how you say, you know, I can't believe the conversations (laughs) that I have had with other uh, widows and in particular military widows at first, where we talked about what lucky was like, Oh, you're so lucky. You you know, like, this is how it happened or that's how it happened. Or this is what you got back or didn't get. And then we would just laugh saying, I can't believe I just said, I'm lucky that I, my husband was returned to me and, you know, as a whole body instead of otherwise, you know, and, that was viewed as something lucky, you know, so everything shifts your perceptive perception on luck and on good fortune and bad fortune shifts. But one thing that is abundantly clear is that I am lucky to be a part of the military community because we have so many resources available to us and open to us. And maybe we don't realize how lucky we are at first because it's just there and it doesn't occur to us that that's not there for other people because we're still dealing with our new reality and that comes with reality. Right. So by the time we stand up and take a breath and look around, it becomes painfully evident that those resources available to us are not available to the majority of women who are widowed out there today. So whereas I could go to someone for, you know, a grief group or support or help paying for the roof on my house or finding somebody to come help me in the work or mentor me in business, maybe, um, or get that college paid for yeah. you guys get nothing. Like there's nothing out there mm-hmm. for you. Tell me about what was your support system when, when this happened to you? Um, well, you know what? I moved to Orlando to work for an interior design firm with my late husband. And we had just started our own company three years prior. Um, I had no family in town. And so actually then, you know, people came into town for the funeral. And then two weeks later I was left with a two and four year old wow. and a 50 person interior design firm. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, my whole life wives and a lot of wives who work with their husbands, my whole life was about work and it was about my family. And when he died, I lost my business partner. I lost my parenting partner and I lost my best friend. So there really wasn't an area that I didn't lose support in. And so, um, you know, for me, I realized very quickly that I was going to need something because even though I could maybe work on myself, there was no way I was going to be able to work on myself and know what to do with my children. Yeah. And so... Um, I started searching one of the pastors that was at the service. He came to me and he said, there's actually a grief center here called New Hope for Kids. And so I, uh, after a couple months, I sought them out and I was, you know, my daughters were so young, two and four years old. They were almost like the four-year-old could go, but the two-year-old couldn't because 
you know, she's two. Yeah, so, she's two, exactly. So I, you know, I did, I did take my four-year-old and we stayed in that program for a year. And it was, it, Barbara, it was so bad that, you know, you, you know who I am now and who my, how big my voice is. Yeah. But at that point in time, newly widowed, I, I literally had no voice. I could, I would drive there and I would do it for my daughters. Yeah, and yeah. I would go into the the support group, which was all peer and was had a facilitator, and it's and it's amazing. We're fortunate to have one here because there's only about 250 around the country, and so I went in and there were I couldn't even say my when it came around a circle. My name is Carolyn, and my husband Chad died. I couldn't even I couldn't say that for three months. Yeah, that's how broken and lost and scared. And literally just confused I was. And because now I, you know, have met thousands of widows and I, I can, you, we can see that right in their yeah. face. So for my support was really minimal. I mean, I had to actually go out there and shake the trees and ask the questions and find it. There was no one like, like, you know, there is no one calling you and no programs that are coming to help you have to literally go and find them. And for a lot of widows, that's nothing. And then, you know, like we said, this was before September 11th. This was before social media. This was before I, there was, and most of the widows in our group, well, they had children, so they were younger, but they were truly so broken. Like there was no friendships being developed. We were just barely breathing. <laughs> you know, and I was and I was just trying to figure out what am I going to do, you know, with my business. And because I I, I couldn't run a business and run my family and grieve. And grieve, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was too debilitating. I, I really I couldn't go back to work for a year and a half. That's how my daughters both, you know, they were so young. One was potty training, she went completely you know, grief. I was very concerned about how my daughters were dealing with their own grief. And I had to, I had to do a lot of research on doing that. So, so the support wasn't really there. You know, my family, one, my family lived in Arkansas and his family lived in Colorado. So I was really alone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Entirely alone. And that is another thing I can't really Imagine doing, I mean, I remember literally the day that we found out my husband had been killed, family showed up at my house and I was not left alone for days. I mean, I physically couldn't, I, I just couldn't, I was just broken yeah. and there was so much confusion and to have that support was great. And right away, you know, there's a military person assigned to me to wow, take really? all the steps. Yeah. They're called the casualty assistance officer okay. or casualty assistance care officer. Right. So this person is assigned to me to take me to all the paper. He's going to bring me all the paperwork I need to sign to wow. sign this, to sign that, you know, to kind of sign, you know, get the kids into social security and get them access to the military benefits. And here's a pamphlet full of organizations that are, you can follow up on that'll support you. Yes, you want a grief counselor? It took me a couple of days, but one arrived at my door and brought wow. me from the brink. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine if you had had that, right? Like I can see on your face, even, and I and I know, and I can't imagine having had to actually physically think yeah, of doing that or, yeah, or how to, to do and that. search for that, right? Yeah. So, tell us then. You go through all of these years and you're making it, you're, you're doing it. And I know it probably isn't pretty. There's probably things you regret. What is something that you feel 
you can remember from your earlier years before you started Modern Widows Club, Mm -hmm. uh, that maybe was a turning point for you as far as, you know, getting past those first stages of grief where you could actually breathe again and maybe caught yourself laughing for, for real, you know, without pain. Um, you know, I think, I think people do the typical things. They go on vacation, they maybe buy a sports car, (laughs) they, they start, um, shopping, (laughs) you know, I, I hear a lot, you know, a lot of women do something to fill the void. And I would say I did, you know, all of those things. Um, but as the years went on, when you don't have any support, the problem is you get lost. Yeah. You sort of get lost and you're trying to find yourself and and you're and you're coming up against this society that doesn't understand you and, and you look the same to them, but you are not the same at all. And so you put on this mask and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The, the survival mask. And you and I and I was I was capable Carolyn, you know, during the day. I could work, I could get my kids to school, I could do what I needed to do, and then in the shower and at nighttime. I was just a dark, miserable mess. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I, I showed everybody that Carolyn <laughs> another day. I got yes. through it. Yeah. You know, but for me, the thing was, is um, when I was volunteering at New Hope for Kids, this TV crew came to town and they were doing a pilot for a new show on TLC called Shalom in the Home. And it was, they needed that on the list of topics, it was, we now need a family that's going through grief. And so they came to New Hope for Kids and they said, we just need to interview a few families. And I, my name got thrown into the hat and they interviewed me. And the, I still remember the producer said, you know, we don't understand why you feel like you're still sort of stuck. Why are you stuck? And I go, I'm in love with a man that isn't alive. Yeah. Why don't you understand that? And they were like, perfect for this show. And I said, well, how so? And they said, you're, you're so stuck. Like you're six years. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes. Well, they didn't tell me that they made me go through a psychological review and the guy was like, Oh, she's perfect because she needs help. You know, but I didn't know that part. (laughs) And so they came and they literally stayed at my house for 10 days and they filmed and they're filming me all day long. And they're having me do this video conference at nighttime And on the video conference, I'm actually going, you know, this is how my life is always going to be. You know, I'm never really going to be the joyful, happy Carolyn that I used to be. That person is gone. And now my life is one of duty. And and I was being genuine. I I thought I was just being honest. But the show was the turning point for me. Because what happened is they, something very important happened on the show. And I had the bloody clothes that I had worn the night of the accident. Wow. And, you know, people ask me, like, why did you still have those? And I'm like, what do you do with bloody clothes? You go home and you have them on. What are you going to do with them? You know, and I had put them in a pillowcase and I just put them in a box. But the box was in my home and it had power over me. And on the TV show, they Rabbi Shmuley was like, we're going to bury this. You know, what kind of future happy life can you have until you bury this worst memory of your life? Wow. And he was right. And it was a, it was, it was not just a TV show. It was a changing point. And I saw myself on camera and how sad my daughters were for me. And I think 
you know, in my story, that was meant to be because then I ended up, the Oprah show saw it. And that's how I ended up okay. on the Oprah show because they saw how genuine and honest I was about being stuck and how vulnerable and raw I was on that show mm-hmm. um, and how transformed that show really was for me. It wasn't just a TV show. And so it became, it was a show, Shalom in the Home, but it created Shalom in my heart. And, and that was, and that show was wildly popular. And then, and then, then the Oprah part is a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was really the turning point. But you know what, Barbara, that took me six years, six yeah. years. And that whole six years, I was looking for a mentor. Yeah. I was, was going to ask you about yeah, that. Yep. I was like, all I'm looking for is one woman who is my age, raising kids, maybe 10 years ahead of me, who's done it well and successfully. I just want to know yes. you and ask you all of the hard questions. And am I going crazy? And, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. What and were I you just, doing to try to, to try to find somebody like that? Oh, well, you know, really there were no grief groups, you know, the yeah. grief groups that I would go to and the widows groups, like the widows luncheons at church, those didn't help because it was all older ladies and there, there was no one there um, raising kids. And so I couldn't go back to New Hope for Kids because I had already done the one year program and you're, you only get one year, um, right? So I can't go back and connect unless I'm volunteering. And then it's, you know, as a volunteer, you're not, it's a different relationship with the ladies who are being served. So there was really nowhere for me to go. So um, I really stopped looking. I just stopped looking because I couldn't, I, there was nothing I could do. And so the, the TLC show and the Oprah show, <laughs> like open this Pandora's box. Where all of these widows started coming at me, like all of a sudden, like within two months span of time. And so you, know, you had not started, you had not created <laughs> Modern Widows Club yet. No, I wasn't strong enough to do that yeah. at all. I mean, I was still, you know, struggling to date and work and raise my kids. And no, I mean, that was, yeah. there was no way. And even <laughs> when I went on the Oprah show, the Oprah effect happened. So every year they would re-air that show and people oh, thought man. it was new. And, and I would get a whole no, new deluge of people and discernment had to come into play because now people wanted to know me and they wanted my Oprah contacts. And so for uh, four years, it was really chaos um, because literally a lot of widows came my way. It was disruptive. I actually went back into like a reclusive, like depression wow. because so many people were coming at me. So I understand like with you and with, with Taya Kyle, how much you know, media it heightens that. It's sort of the same experience. It actually makes you more isolated than it does more connected. Yes. You feel like on the one hand, you're so exposed and so many people are seeing your story. Um, but on the other hand, you know, beyond the newspaper article or the news clip or anything, I was completely alone and there wasn't anybody. There was another, uh, Soldier, it was my husband's commanding officer was killed with my husband. So his widow and I were kind of working together, even though at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They were murdered, you know, by the supply sergeant on purpose. So they were both killed that night. So I had her to kind of bounce off of. We were very different personalities. So it wasn't always easy. And what you're saying about a mentor, I was going to ask you about that was I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, this is a terrible like. 
I don't know how to do this, right? And I need to learn. I there are there's a lot I need to learn, and I need to find somebody who's been through this. And I don't want to say fortunately for me, you know, but whatever. There was just there had been another case that my husband and I had followed where uh, a soldier killed other soldiers, and that guy had just been convicted. And I was able to, through my military liaison, get in touch with one of those widows from that case, and she called me immediately. Wow. Yeah, and she mentored me through. The wow. criminal justice system in the military and the court. She had been in the same courtroom and all this. Of course, my case went terribly awry where hers ended in a in a um, conviction. But having that voice come to me from the other end and offer that support and it's maybe, everything. You know, you feel like you have no control, right? One of the worst things you have no control. You don't know what's coming, so constantly you're like, "Oh my god, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen?" And she was able to tell me, "Hey, here's what you can expect from Correct. this from this process." And that brought such like immense comfort in, right. to that. So yeah. I love that you were able to do that. But then all these women came to you and suddenly when you're so, they picked you because you were so stuck and <laughs> yet they, now all of a sudden all these women are calling you. So, Oh, Carolyn, how do you, how are you doing it? But meantime, well, you're so. Well, and it was the struggle too, right? Yeah. In this TV show, they're going, Oh, you're like a, you're like an everyday hero. You're like, you're this amazing mother who is doing, making really great choices. And, and I was thinking, I'm lucky. Like, seriously, you don't, you don't understand. This isn't really how my life is. Now you're putting me on this pedestal. And I had to actually ask myself the question. Yeah. Do, do, am I inspiring to myself? Because these people are seeing me as someone inspiring. And that's where the big, you know, when Oprah said, you know, went backstage, Carolyn, promise me you'll do something good with this experience for others. And I was, you know, at the time I was like, that's quite the task. Like, that's quite, yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I don't even know if I can be there for me. (laughs) So let me figure that part out. And then maybe I can be there for someone else because I am struggling to be here for me right now. Yeah. And, and so I kind of just let that uh, stew, right? I sort of just said, I wonder what that's going to be. And you know, the problem was is when they would re-air the show, I would literally be with interior design clients and people would walk up to me and go, oh my gosh, you're that lady that lost your husband on Valentine's Day. Because that's a story that yes. people remember. But yes. that's my life, you know? Yes. And I'm in year eight, nine, 10, you know, and I'm like, I'm tired of being interrupted. I'm trying yeah. to have my life and you, all these people keep, so widows are the last thing I wanted to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. But Guess what? what? You got it, it now. Too, yeah. Yeah. Like you. Hey, and military benefits. Jen asked how long I'll get military benefits for, um, or yeah. military support. So that's a good question. Um, and it is complicated answer. Uh, so the military benefits, the death benefits, uh, stay with you to some extent. You lose them, you get some child benefits and all this, but there's a small monthly stipend you get unless I am to remarry and then I lose those um, unless I get remarried after 57 years old. So they certainly help support, but they don't cover it. There's a lot of gaps in between. But then, but what we talked about earlier, we have those resources available. Like when you wanted that mentor, there's an organization called Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Yeah, I can call them and they can match me with a peer mentor who is right. 10 years out, five years out. You know, you just want to see, you want to believe that, oh my gosh, 
I'm not always going to feel this way. You need to believe it. You need to have hope. And looking into the eyes of someone or hearing the voice of someone who's walked that path before and tells you, look, I, this is my story. I've been there. I know. And I'm telling you, you will not always feel this way. Yeah. It's just priceless. And it is as a military widow. We have access to yeah. all those people. So tell me about modern widows club. Now, if say, say I'm a civilian and my husband has just died uh, and I'm looking for some kind of support, I'm going to come across you because I'm going to Google it and you're going to pop up. Correct. And yeah. so I'm going to reach out to you and say, Carolyn, what do I do? I'm sure you get that, right? What people call contact you and say, what do I do now? And so what, what is a typical response that you're going to give someone? Well, it, 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 at Modern Widows Club, you know, we, we have about 22 chap- national chapters. Yeah. Um, obviously, the majority of the women who reach out to us, they're not going to have a chapter because it's such, it's not you know, as far as the, what you had with the, with the tragedy assistance, that just doesn't exist at all. You know, it is, it's a free market. Uh, You have to find a nonprofit that someone like me, who's a social activist who has fought for a place to be able to support these ladies. Whereas, you know, with your program, there's a lot of government assistance because it's the military. Civilian members don't have that. We have to go to the free market and so far, we have not found very many grants, and that's been part of the issue um, and the frustration. I was telling you, we can't even get the matches from people like Johnson & Johnson, even though it's under the title of w- women's health. So it, when you come to Modern Widows Club, most of the time, you're not going to have a chapter. Um, and so that's why we have such an active social media pages, Instagram yeah. and Facebook, and then we have a membership and that's $49 a year, but you get into a private Facebook page of other ladies who really understand the concept of what's next and, and leaning into life and learning about um, what we know uh, about the 10 components of resilience. And you get invited to our annual widow empowerment event. Awesome. And so most of the support is, is online, but what's, what's amazing is, that place, it's like we we hold such a high level of integrity because not all widows groups are positive. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to ask you about that. You know, we're women, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're not all positive. No, you know, shocking me. Really like focusing on the negative, and uh-huh. we have like an army of women in Modern Widows Club where. They're just amazing encouragers. And so it really does matter what group you do get with yeah. uh, because you're going to become like the group that you're in. And so that's an extremely yeah. important part of Modern Widows Club is yes. that we're going to kind of keep you accountable on growing and becoming empowered. And and it's not that grief isn't a part of that, but grief and growth can kind of look the same. You know, yes. and when you've got all these amazing whisters, is which we call them widow sisters, and they're there to, you know, offer that counterbalance to you losing your mind. That's so important. Yes. So, um, you know, so for so at our at our big events every year, um, it's kind of for the ladies who don't have a chapter and they want to come and they want to. And then we have we, we have breakouts where if you want to become a leader of your own chapter, then you can learn. Um, how to do that, and and you meet the other other leaders. We awesome. have we have probably about fifty leaders, and and so what I have found really is, you know, where where you guys have a whole system already in place. Yeah. Like 
someone has told military widows that they have something to give back and they've created that platform. Nobody has really told civilian widows that they can do that too. And so we're sort of at the forefront of that, telling people, um, going out into society and saying, hey, you know what, if you support widow leaders, they'll just do what they do well. But we've got to support widow leaders. And so now we have places of worship and all that. They're they're starting to come to us looking for leaders. Awesome. So when you go um, to the conference, say I'm a new member and I'm going to go to this conference, what can I hope to gain out of that? You know, I'm not looking to become a leader of a chapter, right? Yeah. I'm looking, I'm, I'm lost in my journey and yeah. I have not, not got those first few breaths yet. Right. I'm still at the state of complete devastation. And I walk into your event there and it sounds so crazy, right? And I know like you're having a, a like a widow convention, right? It just sounds nuts <laughs> because people have such a weird idea of widows, but we're just people. And I want to talk about that YouTube video I saw too, because I love that. But just tell me quickly, like sum it up. What am I going to get when I, like, what, what do I expect when I walk into, into that convention for the first time? And I'm looking so desperately looking for community. Yeah. Well, the first thing you're going to get is unconditional love. Yeah. Like you, like you don't get in society. You're going to, you're going to be understood. You're going to be heard. You're going to find an immediate overwhelmingly, you don't even understand why these people are supporting you. And, and you know what I'm guys get that, you know, so, so much quicker than we do, because I think that's what the distance is. You guys get it sooner. We get it later. And so what we'd like to do is try to shorten that distance of suffering for civilian widows, because we know that you become more productive. Look what you're doing. You know, you're making a difference in the world. This is where we need to speed the process up a little bit for ladies. But, you know, they they learn we have vendors there that help them with their insurance. I mean, really, like everything you guys have. Yeah, yeah. we have to we have to, you know, go out and 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 source those. Yes. And then bring them together. So in I think in a way, you know, these events are sort of like another version of what you guys get. But it's, you know. It, it's just in, it's, it's, we have to piece it together ourselves. Uh, it's yeah. so important. And I can only imagine the impact that you are having on all of those lives. I remember again, when this happened to me, cause nobody ever expects it to happen to them when you're yeah. young, I was 32 and okay. I, I know widows who have, you know, they're 20 uh, and they have kids yeah. or they're younger. I know people who've been widowed twice by the time they're 40. And, and mm-hmm. so, you just don't expect it. What What is a misperception that you see about widows? Um, I probably the biggest misperception is uh, they they are sad and they cry all the time. When the truth is, they need laughter and they need, you know. We, of course, we talked about this earlier, how we literally have such an odd sense of humor because we can talk about, oh, you yeah. got your, you got your whole husband back. Oh my gosh. You, oh, you yeah, got your so lucky. back. Yes. Really? I, we, I didn't get mine back. These conversations are just surreal in the normal world, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's the mis, you know, the biggest misconception I think is just that they, I mean, okay, here, I'm going to, I'm on this call. I'm going to give everybody a little exercise that they can do. Go over to Google and put in the word widow and then click send. (laughs) You know what you're going to get? Black spiders, 
superheroes. Yeah, I've and done it. Haired women and widows <laughs> begging in Vindravan, India, all draped in white. That's what you're going to get. Oh you're my gonna, gosh. Yes, it is. I so, know. So that number one, we are fighting against the perception of the word widow. Yes. In the first place. And so it, you're already up against, um, I, I like to say, what is misunderstood will always be underserved. Yes. No one understands what a widow is anymore because, you know, for our older generation, they think of Jackie O. You know, right. our generation, it's Celine Dion and Iman and Sheryl Sandberg and Katie Couric and yep. uh, Kathy Lee Gifford, you know. Yes. There, Kyle, it's, you know, when Carolyn you Moore. Yeah, Carolyn Moore. And Michelle Madden, not widows like her. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, we have approximately 14 million widows in this country, right? Nearly 2,800 married women become widowed every day, right? See, see, I want, I, I, I saw you say that number on an interview I watched earlier. I want you to just repeat that number. <laughs> so, so according to the last Census Bureau, we have approximately 14 million widows. And according to the World Widows Report, the 2015 yeah. World Widows Report. So you average that out and it's approximately around 2,800 women a day. Across the world? No, in the U.S. In the U.S. 2,800 husbands are dying every day on average. Nearly 2,800 women became widowed. Wow. Now, in that, in that, in that amount, about 66% of them are at 65 and retired. Okay. So we fall into that 34% that nobody even kind of, when they think widowed, they do not think of that 34%. No. But that is millions and millions of women not being served. Right. And in need. And many yeah. of those women are raising kids. So, you know, there's that, right? Like there's, we're here and we're in our country and let's just face it. We live in a very powerful and uh, fortuitous country. Okay. Yeah. But now when you, when when I went to the United Nations and and I learned about the 2015 World Widows Report, my perception. How did you wind up at the United Nations? <laughs> okay, so you just like drop these things when I, you know when I was on TLC and then when I was Oprah and I was on the I UN. Know. So just I'm just gonna just steamroll over you and stop you when you say this stuff. <laughs> All these things literally yeah. happen to me. I do not go looking for any of these things, but. Man named Lord Lumba. He's in the House of Lords in London. And he started this organization called the Lumba Foundation. And he uh, petitioned the United Nations for 10 years to create an International Widow's Day. His mom died when he was 10. And he saw his mother's like status just be stripped from her. And yeah. she raised him and he was so endeared to her. He's, um, I think, in his 70s, in his late 70s now. He's a great friend of mine. But he um, had his organization run me down because they're like, who is this Carolyn Moore? Like, she promotes International Why Widows Day. Why do I keep seeing her? Yeah. <laughs> like, we keep seeing her on her Twitter. And it's like hashtag International Widows Day, which you know nice. how, long, how long it is to write International Widows Day? I mean, that's <laughs> a lot of letters. Yeah. So 
you know, when I'm at the grocery store and when I'm waiting for my kids at crew, I'm just sitting there, you know, in my car and I'm like, well, evidently I was the biggest widow advocate for International Widow's Day. And so they wanted to know who I was. Perfect. You and see, I, so <laughs> I, I'm going to stop again because there's lessons there. I want to stop along the way. And as we get to the tail end of this, I want to extract some of the lessons right from your yes. story. So I'm just going to, and then we're, we're going to talk about an event you have coming up. Yeah. So your first, first you're struck with this tragedy, a sudden immediate tragedy, right? Where you're there and your husband is killed you know, in front of you and you have to find your way. If somebody had said to you 24 hours previously, Hey, this is going to happen to you and you're going to get through it. You probably would have told them you're crazy and said, I could never survive something like that. Or no, I, I would say, just let me die with him. Not right. Like and let me die with him. I couldn't yeah. survive that. I don't want to survive that. So right away. And, and I said the same thing. I literally looked at my husband and said, you can't die in Iraq because I have no interest in life without you. Like you can't right. do this. <laughs> you know? So I had already set that mindset into my place. I had planted that seed. And so that's the foundation I had to go from when it did happen. So there's a lesson there, right? Like stop looking at things, the worst that can happen and start telling you, replacing those negative messages. You constantly send to yourself, right? Like, what if my house burned down? I can never survive. Guess what stuff's right. going to happen, right? So you got to replace that mindset with, hey, I, whatever happens comes my way. I'm going to find the strength to get through it. And life is so good. That's right. You did that. It took you a while. It took me longer even. <laughs> and, yes. But you did that. And now you're helping others find the same. And then when you were kind of hit with that situation and inundated with that support, instead of running from it, from all those requests, you just you you decided to accept that responsibility and create this organization. And now this woman who would have said to yourself, just kill me with him. You have emerged to become somebody who is guiding thousands of other women through that mindset and through that grief and through that recovery. How, I mean, when you stop to think about it, and I hope you do, you are one person who took an incredible tragedy and turned it into this enormous triumph. Like, so what would you tell people who are facing something that they are so, so, so overwhelmed with and say, I, I can't, I can't start this company. I can't ask that guy out. You know, I can't overcome losing my leg. I can't, whatever it is. What would be one piece of guidance or support you would offer to somebody who's facing a situation that they a hundred percent believe they cannot find their way past? Well, I think that one of the most important things that I have learned is trusting yourself, understanding that that voice inside of you is always for you. And if you, and if you have any faith, you know, uh, any level of faith in God, you know that there is the, the universe. God is for you. You are going to get through, look like you want it to. And that's where the problem is. We always have, we try to outsmart even our own intuition because yeah. we can't predict what is going to come along our path when we say yes. So you, you, when you said earlier, it's like all these things happen. Yes. Well, when something happened, I had a choice. I could say yes, or I could say no, or I could say, wait a second, let me think about that. But in the end, you have to actually give yourself in the space to be able to let that answer come to you. I'm a, I'm a big yeah. believer in protecting your sleep. For me, the Holy Spirit, really all of my answers and all of my visions come to me when I'm asleep. 
And so I'm sort of protective with that. You have to figure out what that is for you, but everybody has it. Everybody has it. Even, even when I was newly widowed, if I, if, if I think back when I was able to get quiet and, you know, we, 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 our partners talk to us, you know, the veil between this reality that we're looking at now and the veil of the people who are not physically here anymore, it's very thin. You know, we, we do yeah. have guardian angels that are there whispering in our ears, but if we do not get quiet that. enough to hear that and, and, and then there's the discipline of listening to it and doing it right. Because you're going to get messages where it's going to say, go do this. And you're going to go, no, nah, I don't want to do that. That little voice. And you're going to ignore it. Cause you're not going to trust. Well, and, and that was sort of the whole Oprah experience, right? Yeah. It's like all these women, all these knocks at the door. Right. And I was like, no. That is not going to happen. So what I did is when she went off the air, I decided I will open my home to two women in my city. And that's it. I can mentor two and that's good. But the, as, as, as the universe does, you know, and as God does when you're chosen, he says, oh, two more widows are going to ask to come into that. And then the next thing is 20,000 people. You know, and and what I didn't know is that more women would come my way. And so you have to trust yourself. That is the key Perfect. right there. That's it. Perfect. So I'm going to circle back to the last question I had popped up there. Before we go, I want to make absolutely sure that we get time to talk about your event. You have a big event coming up this weekend. Do yes. you want to tell us about that event where people can find out information and get involved? Well, we're having actually a movie screening with Kathy Lee Gifford. Um, awesome. Who's a great supporter of ours um, in Nashville. Um, it's in Franklin, Tennessee. And we're actually going to get to see her new movie that she just filmed called um, Then Came You. And um, it's sold out. <laughs> so there aren't any available tickets. Okay. Um, but we are going to ha- bring together 120 people together and I get to share Modern Widows Club with everyone because her movie is about an empowered widow. And Kathy Lee Gifford is really about bringing voices uh, to women who aren't heard very often. And obviously widows are going to be a big part of that. Yeah. Well, so how so, did that uh, partnership happen? How did you wind up? <laughs> well, you know, I'm an interior designer. And so I do a lot of work in Nashville and my interior design client in Nashville, knew Kathy Lee. And so she, we had a, we had a fundraiser proximity, man. Right. It's like, I, I I like went way out in a limb and I had this pie in the sky idea. And I've got this little venue. Seriously. It was called greens groceries out in, um, Leapers Fork. And I asked Winona Judd and I asked Rudy Gatlin and Ed Eason, who's Carrie Underwood's lead guitar player, if they would come and just do something. And I invited a bunch of people and my client brought Kathy Lee and her executive producer uh, of the movie. And now they're great supporters of Modern Widows Club. So awesome. we're very, we're very grateful that they are doing this screening yeah. and they're making us the recipient and the benefactor of that. That is great. So there is another, like who would, who would have ever thought, right? Like you're going to be on Oprah and you're going to be at the United Nations and you're going to be doing that. But <laughs> It's, you know, like, does it, does it ever, isn't it just so weird sometimes? Like I remember I was going about my business and then all this happened. And then suddenly, you know, I'm getting calls from and emails from Iraq and I have like CNN in my house one day and Fox News in my house and another day. And then I'm in Kuwait and then I'm 
on a plane with one of the guys from the bachelor, right. From some other organization. I'm like, how, how is this even happening? I get a call like from, I, it got to the point where I would get a call. My kids would see the phone light up with a number from Washington, DC. My son would look at me and be like, Oh mom, what did you do now? You know, because I was, I was like <laughs> rest in this world and does it ever right. stop and hit you sometimes that people, people will say to me all the time, God, Barb, your life, it is just, it's unreal. It's crazy. But I forget how it can, because to me, it's normal now. Like this is my life one day I'm here. Then I'm in Texas, then I'm in California. Then I meet this person and that person. And yeah, you know, I'm introducing this, you know, I've been crowned. I love, by the way, I saw something and I'm digressing now quickly and then I'll let you go. But I saw at your event, you have a moment where you actually crown each other. Yes. Right. That I love that. And that was another thing I think that really struck me there's an organization, it's got your back network. And one thing they do is they take gold star, gold star uh, women or people who have lost some, a son or a husband uh, in the military, right? Or, or, or brother or something, mm-hmm. but they alternate between moms and widows and they take them to uh, now Atlantic city and Miss America pageant includes them in their, oh. in their event. And yeah. right before, literally right before the Miss America pageant goes live, these widows are on stage with a tribute to the husband and they're crowned honorary Miss Americas. And they get to take a picture with a Miss America crown. I didn't and even I'm like, know that. Yes. And oh it's actually God. a beautiful tribute they do. You know, they do go out, they say, you're the real Miss Americas, you know, because you sacrifice so much right. for this country. But then I saw that you put these crown on these women and I thought, man, that is phenomenal. Yeah. Like you, you, yeah. if you Google, I'm going to, I'm going to do like a further in-depth look at all the things you do. And then I'm going to send you a list of all the organizations that do all the things that your organization does. And you're going really? to see it's like, That's ten, I bet you it's 10 or 12 organizations that it takes to provide in one-stop shopping wow. what you, what you are doing. I mean, you even got the crown. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I, she's even- and I don't even know any of this because I'm not, I had literally have, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. So for me to actually like create it, yeah. it I, which is amazing to me that you're just instinctively doing it. I'm like, oh, so she's connecting this. She's doing this. She's got the mentorship. She's got these events. I love that you well, focus on rebuilding your life and making it focusing on the fact that you still have something to offer this world. But you even nailed the crown. I mean, who does that? I'm like, this chick is, she's like awesome. So, well, the, you know, the, the thing about the crown thing was, is um, I, it was like at our second meeting, literally like right here in my house. And we had, we had five widows. And I noticed that the ladies were just, they really didn't believe that they would ever feel joyful again. You know, yeah. like, like innocent, like childlike, playful. Yeah. And, and I, I said, I have a way to prove to you that you still have it in you. And so I actually borrowed some crowns at a really nice place here in Orlando, but I won't tell you who it's from because it's been an infringement of trademark, but you know who I'm talking right. about. Yeah. And so I got some really big crowns from there and I surprised them and I pulled these crowns out and they all ran to the mirror and they're like, Oh my gosh, look at me. And they're literally turned into five-year-olds and they turned around and they said, you tricked us. And I said, no, I just showed you what was already there. Uh, and so the whole point of the crowns kind of started like that. And then it was like the, the jewels are the lessons that you've learned. The lessons like we're talking about. We've just yeah. added to our own invisible crowns more jewels. 
And the more jewels you have, the more illuminated you become and the more you shine. Shine like a diamond. I I love that you do that. I swear, <laughs> I laughed so hard when I saw that. I'm like, because she even got that. I'm going to send you that list and you're going to be astounded. Well, and, at, at our events, the reason why we do it that way is we want one widow to, to uh, crown another widow because that's a very empowering move for them. Yeah. And so it's, it's the, it's the iron sharpening iron. I'm yeah. going to be here for you. And there's a bond that's made there. When someone crowns you, yeah. it's, it's something special. And so it heightens, it brings out that it, it helps you grow into the person that I see that you are, that others see that you are. And so that's why it's yeah. like, and it's, we did it as a sort of a social experiment because the ladies who are willing to accept how, um, how, how much they, how special and beautiful they are, yeah. they will wear them to the event the next day. But by the end oh, of the it. three days, everybody's wearing them. So some love of the it. ladies won't accept it at first. But anyway. Are they walking around like the whole conference center in Orlando well, with the crowns on? Here's the thing about that, and I'm sure you know this. It's like any guy who stumbles upon the hotel that we're at. I was going to ask you, like, like what? Oh, they have just hit the jackpot, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you. We have a lot of jokes about that in our meetings, too. And I'm like... <laughs> And you see it and there's some, there's people that if you have the same event in the same town, you yeah. see people start to catch on and come back. And all of a sudden, like the lobby is like full of all these single guys. Right. right exactly. It's the that's other side. Have, that's why I'm like, we're having our, we're having our event at the Ritz because we're going to be, <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to track them, we're gonna... the Ritz and that's going to be a good mix. <laughs> I think excellent. of all those things. That's I see you think of every, every last thing, Carolyn, I want to thank you so much for a, for all you do B for coming on here tonight. Tell us, remind people again, quickly where they can go to find out more about you, your Instagram, your Facebook and all that. Yeah. It's just modern widows club. Um, you can go to, it's either.com or.org. We have them both. And you know, all the links are right there at the top and you can click and We've got, we've got tons of videos on YouTube from over the last five years and you can watch those, but it's, yep. it's, there's a lot of resources out there for you. Can, like you said, it's like, I watched you for a long time and then I was like, now let's meet and, and not like in a creepy way though. No, I know. I know. But <laughs> yeah, I know. We're saying, you know, to trust yeah. someone websites are websites, you know, yes. you have to earn someone's trust. And we, we, you know, we, we're very, we're, very, we're a credible organization, you yeah. know? And so now we have enough video. Oh, oh, were you talking about that one video um, about International Widows Day? I, I don't even remember. I honestly, because when I'm prepping for, for these interviews, I watch everything I can find. So <laughs> I watched a lot of those interviews and I, I couldn't get past like seeing there was, I thought it was at one of your, um, your convention, like your annual meeting or something was my understanding is what it was, but I could oh, have the testimonies. You um, but yeah, there's a picture of a woman getting a crown on and I, I just loved it. So I just loved it, loved it that you just went that far to find that, that touch. But again, mostly because it like, there's an organization and they take these women to the Miss America pageant and you just created yeah. that whole experience on your own for these widows. And I just, I love that it seems to be like a recurring theme in your mm -hmm. world. Like if you see a need and it's not out there, you're just creating it. And yes. I, 
I love that message you send and the example you set. And I hope that people listen to it and see it and, and follow it. And I hope especially for anybody who plays this back later, listens to this uh, podcast, mm-hmm. will take to heart if you've been through the loss of, of a spouse. Um, and there's all sorts of loss in this world. But obviously tonight we're addressing specifically the loss of a spouse. Know that you are not alone. The military widows know that we are not alone. But now civilian widows can too. And I hope one day we kind of bridge that divide a little bit and start leaning on each other. I think both communities have so much to offer. You're right. Other. I think there's lessons to be learned from the way that, you know, we've walked the path, lessons to be learned from the way you've walked the path. And I would really love to see one day these communities blend. I think it would be phenomenal. Yeah. So (laughs) thank you again so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. It's a great honor. Thank you, Barbara. (laughs) All right, everybody. You can catch this podcast back on American Snippets. We're going to send it out to our subscribers next week. I know a lot of people will be tuning in later and catching that podcast. But if you have a question in retrospect, after you listen to this, you'd like us to ask Carolyn, please know that we will send it her way and we'll see what we can do to get you an answer directly back. Thanks so much again. Have a good night, Carolyn. Thanks. Bye. Hey everyone, Dave Brown here again. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. If you want to learn more about Carolyn Moore and her story and the Modern Widows Club, or if you know someone who uh, is interested in that, just head on over to our website and it'll be the featured podcast of the week. Uh, we do a, we do an in-depth article on our guests on Carolyn. Uh, we'll also include some social media links there that you can use to follow her and get in touch with her as well. That's americansnippets.com forward slash 076. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Share it with a friend. Share it on social media. Make sure you tag us at American Snippets. Again, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, at American Snippets. Uh, and before we let you go, you know, again, it's our goal each week to feature stories that will not only inspire you, but propel you into action in your own life so you can get one step closer to living your dreams, your American dream. Again, our mission here is to create a meaningful platform that encourages national pride, promotes the American dream, supports those who honorably serve, and spotlights all the extraordinary things everyday Americans just like you are doing to make this country a better place. Um, so if you get a chance, you know, leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, there's other services out there like CastBox, SimpleCast. You can find us everywhere. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review. Reviews go a really long way in getting... Uh, our message and our mission out there. And more importantly, it enables our guest stories to be heard by a broader audience. So if you get a chance, subscribe, leave us a review and tell a friend. So again, that wraps up today's show. We appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. Take care. 